welcome to the podcast. Coming to you from the Midwest Coast. I'm inside that miraculous establishment, the Midwest Healing Center, Lake of the Ozarks Podcast, Studio B. This is the New Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Tell somebody about the podcast. It's all free. You know you can download any of these free apps to any mobile device, Podbean, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes Store, and Spotify. They're all free. Why, it's freer than a climate change speech by any Democrat during a national emergency and a hurricane that's ravishing millions of people. Have you seen this? Hurricane Ian? It's literally destroying a third of Florida, and all the Democrats can say is, see, climate change, it's climate change, it's the Republicans' fault. No, seriously, unbelievable. Using it for political gain. While millions of Republicans and Democrats, or we could just say humans, are losing their homes and some are dying. Did we not have hurricanes on the earth before gas-powered vehicles? I thought... I thought maybe we did. I don't know. Get the free apps. They're not political. They're just free. How is everybody doing today? We are in a series titled The Word of God. This is, uh, I believe, number five in the series. If you missed any of the previous podcasts in the series, they are in order on the apps that I mentioned to you. I encourage you to go and listen to all those, please. I believe they're going to help you regain that hunger for the Word of God. To begin to see the benefits of reading your Bible again. I know. I know. And appreciate. I know with social media, we have access to things quickly. We can get that daily scripture from the Bible app. We can see somebody's post. Uh, maybe a TikTok video. But I'm telling you, that's never going to replace the amazing benefits of actually getting into your Bibles and reading them. I think sometimes these advances in modern technology, well, they don't always uh, befit us. And I believe even as uh, great as it is to have an app at your fingertips or videos, I'm not sure that this one has helped us grow as just an old-fashioned reading your Bible could. You know, there's just, there's just something about getting back into the Word of God. And now let me clarify. I'm not necessarily saying that you have to pick up the book, the, the paperback copy, the leather-bound copy, because, yes, you can still use that Bible app. But the bigger point is we need to get into the Word of God again, not just a singular scripture, but reading through the Bible. It's here that you're going to find suddenly it opened up to you as you read that in context, the before, the after that one scripture, and now God will lead you to something uh, over here, and, and then he's going to lead you back over there, and then it all ties together, and it really exposes the depths of how amazing this book really is. It's not just a good read. It's a living thing, and the more that you form a relationship with the word of God, the more your life will change. Now, I know that for a fact. Well, just an example, I had posted something so simple, just a schedule of upcoming events here at the Midwest Healing Center. One of those events we call Healing School on Tuesday nights. And so a man who I don't know, a couple towns over, decided that he was going to warn everyone 
and said, I would be very leery of their teaching. Only Christ heals. It's not something that is taught to do. If that was the case, Simon the sorcerer would have succeeded in attaining the power. Well, as I am sure you know, that didn't go very well for him. But my point, and, 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 I, and I posted this back to him, you obviously don't know your Bible. Now, see, he had only read the parts that he wanted to. Plus, really, it was more so a back and forth on you don't have any idea what we do until you walk into the building on a Tuesday night and see for yourselves. And, of course, he, he tried to hang with me in argument, but by the time that was over, so many people jumped in with, guess what? Scriptures! <laughs> Scriptures from the Bible. No, not to beat the man up, but he's making a point to say, well, the Bible doesn't say, well, it does say, you have not read your Bible, sir. You've not read your Bible. So I, I, I didn't have to, uh, we weren't beating him up. I, I, didn't, I just backed out of the conversation because at that point, boy, scripture after scripture was being posted. But he didn't know his Bible. What he knew was doctrine. Now, I'm certain that he knows some scriptures, but that's my point. If you don't read the Bible in whole in context, you'll be like this poor man who doesn't believe in healing. Well, you know what? You can go to heaven without believing in healing. You'll just probably get there quicker than most. So if you simply just read the parts your denomination tells you to read and you skip the parts that do not fit, well, you're going to end up like this guy looking like a fool. And more importantly, though, you're going to miss out on the amazing supernatural benefits of God's word. I'm not saying he won't go to heaven or that he's not saved. I don't know anything about that. But I do know he's not benefiting from the healing parts of the Bible. And there's no need for that because we have it right here written. My bigger anger issue with the whole thing was don't tell others not to come. If you don't believe, shut your mouth and don't believe. But don't you dare try to lead others not to come. See, that's just something that, man, you know, mm, don't do that. Don't do that. You want to you think what you want to think? Go ahead. But we have it right here written. There's no excuses. We have a book full of it right here. So we've been through this series wanting to express the benefits, and so we looked at what the Bible is likened unto. We saw bread or food. It's likened unto water and breath or air. And the last time we wanted to talk to you about dominion, and we said that how long can you go without food, water, and air? Well, not very long, not long at all. Last week, I just wanted to give you an example of what I was talking about by diving deep into the Bible to go back and forth as the scriptures build and explain each other and reveal some amazing things that you would never know by reading one scripture or even really just reading it straight through. Now, this scripture led to that one and this other book and then back to this book and then this set of scriptures into that chapter and all of a sudden we're seeing a story that maybe never, uh, many had never heard before. And I just wanted to give you that example of how the Bible, through Holy Spirit, leading you into all truth, it can open up an understanding to you to explain some things. I've had questions about things, and, well, that's how you get them answered right there. So, number five in our series, the Word of God. When you read this Word, when you read this book, when you read the Bible, we know it can manifest in many different ra- uh, ways, right? A-, a book that does all the things that I need it to do in my life. Now, you think about that. Whatever it is that you're going through, whatever it is that you're seeking, it can be found in the Bible. Now, that's pretty amazing. You can't find that in, in, in a full set of the Encyclopedia Britannica. Some of you don't even know what that is. Remember that this is God's will. This book is God's words. These are quotes that are written by men, yes, but from God. 
This expresses God's will in the matters, his thoughts on subjects. God's character is revealed through the scriptures, what, what, what he thinks, what he will do, his actions, things he likes, things he hates. It's a how-to book. It's a guide. It's a manual. It gives us great examples of if you do this, here's what happens. If you do that, here's what happens. And I suppose it's also, if, if you don't do this, here's what happens. <laughs> if I mess up, how does God respond? If I do it right, how does God respond? If I get mad, glad, depressed, oppressed, sick, diseased, if I backslide, if I'm happy, if I'm at peace, how to pray, how to heal the sick, how to cast out devils, how to raise the dead, how to live your life in love, and it's all right here. Now that is a powerful book. So I want us today to look at the whole story. I know the Bible is made up of many stories that make up many larger stories, but it's God's story through all of eternity. Now you think about that. This is God's story. No, I know it's a story about us, and I know it's a story that included a whole bunch of other people, but in the end, this is God's story. This is God's life from the beginning of mankind to now. And all these stories... I just love looking through all the history of the world. God was there. Having known everyone on the planet, everyone, he knew, he knew every situation and every person on the planet from, from the beginning of time. Imagine that, all the history that we've ever learned in school, God was there. He was there when Abraham Lincoln got shot. He was there when the slaves got free. He was there when George Washington was president. I mean, we could just keep going, but it's amazing to me but today, I just love that idea that he, he knew everybody on the planet. But today, the Word of God, how about love? This book, the Word of God, is a love story. Oh, I know there's some gory parts. There's some sad parts. There's some highs and lows. But that is the reality, isn't it? You think about your own love and relationships. Sometimes it's gory. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. But if you do it right, love endures. Love will endure and last and walk through the issues, and this book has made it through all of them. It's made it through wars, peaceful times, hate. It stands alone. The Word of God, it's love. This is God's love story to us. No, the Bible isn't love, but it's the story of God's love for mankind. We get to see it all through the Scriptures. But see, that's the thing. This is back to the point I'm trying to make in the series. The world hears so much about God and even just recently, I'd met with a gay witch who came walking into my church. And it really hurt me to hear how this guy was really convinced that God hated him based off of God's people saying the things that they said to him. He had heard and heard and had encounters with other Christians and churches and ministers through the years. And his perception was, well, God must hate me for my lifestyle. He's mad at me. I don't have a chance. And we can take it from that extreme to just, how about everyday folks out there who feel the same way because so-and-so, or they assume because of this and that happened to them. And where is God? God is angry. We see posts that talk about hurricanes and God's judgment and tornadoes are acts of God and on and on. But the truth is, if you read the book, you'd quickly learn that God is love. But you wouldn't know that without the Bible. You could start with something so simple, vacation Bible school level, John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now, if somebody knew their Bibles and and would take just a moment to explain this to anybody, it would absolutely change their life. Because this red letter, right? This is the son of God telling you about his father, God. Hey, my dad loves the world, and you are absolutely a part of that world that my dad loves. He told me to tell you. Oh, yeah, we know you sinned. We know you blew it. For sure you did. But see, we're not condemning you for that. Condemnation is to be found guilty. No, we know you did it. But see, this is why he sent me. I'm going to go ahead and take the punishment for your sins so that you can have my righteousness. I want you to have that right standing with my dad. He's really awesome. The ability to stand before God as though sin, guilt, and shame never existed in your life. So yeah, yeah, he loves you. The word of God is the only thing that you can read to know that. Because we all do at some point, saved or not, we feel like we do blow it. And it does create this idea that God is mad at me. And he's pulling away from me. Well, it's not true, but it does seem that way at times. And the only way that you can know for sure is not feelings. You have to see and hear what it is that he says about it. You have to look at the love letter that he wrote. Well, God, I mean, I've done this and I've done that. And and so I assume he's really disappointed with me. Well, I don't know. Let's go back and read the letter that he wrote to you. Let's see what he says in Romans 8. We can start at the beginning of the chapter in verse 1 right away. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. What does that mean? Not guilty. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. So the law could show you what sin was, but it could not tell you what to do about it. That's why they had to do sacrifices, how to be free from it. No, it just pointed out what it was so that you'd know, but you couldn't get free from it through the law. So God did by sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. Why? Because God loves you, that's why. He didn't want you to feel that separation But people wouldn't know that unless they read the book, the love story. Let's read on Romans 8, verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who could be against us? You don't know that God is for you unless what? You read the book, the Bible, because the world will tell you. And the church has painted this picture that sometimes God is against us. Well, I don't see that in my Bible. This word will change your future when you can know that God is for me. And so, well, what can anybody or anything do to me? Meaning what? I'm never stuck. I'm never left alone. I'm never tossed out there to pay for what it is that I have done because God is for me. How much so? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, for all of us, I know sometimes I know sometimes we thought John 3:16 said for God so loved the Christians. No, he loves the world. And he sent his son for everybody. So God goes right to the top. Gave the very best most precious thing that he had to give his son. And so if he did that, what is anything else at that point? How shall he, Romans 8, 32, then how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? But look, he loves everybody. See, people don't understand that. Did you know he loves the Satanist? He loves the porn star. He loves the witches and the prostitutes. And I think it's easy that we forget this sometimes. 
He loves them as much as he loves the evangelist and the pastor and the one that reads their Bible religiously and never would cuss or miss a church service ever. But you won't know that unless you read the love letter, the Bible, because it all comes down to love. And you listen to me today, nothing else that you do matters if you don't have love. We think, well, hey, I I prophesy. I'm a minister. I've been doing this for 25 years serving God. So I'm with God. I'm doing something. Wow, they can really preach and teach. They can really worship. They're amazing and great wisdom and knowledge. Who cares? It's nothing without love. I lived through most of my adult life under mean, hate-filled preachers who were great at preaching, great at teaching, but love? No, not love. What does the love letter say? Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I've become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all the mysteries and and, and the knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, And though I give my body to be burned, but I have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own. It's not provoked. It thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. And now abide faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is love. Why? Because God is, above all else, love. He is love. It's not what he does. It's not an emotion that he has. He is love, Mr. Love. Let's read on Romans 8. Verse 33, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Now, remember, justifies means what? Found not guilty. See, people don't know this. They always feel guilty because the church has painted the picture, shame on you. Shame on you for this. Shame on you for that. He doesn't want shame on you, friends. He wants glory on you. This is the love letter. But see, you won't find this coming from the pulpit. This can only be found in the Bible. Because church leaders have to use shame to control the people of God to get them to do what they want them to do. And it's ugly. It's devilish. It's called manipulation. And it is not of God. Jesus did not have to manipulate the woman caught in the act of adultery. He loved her and that changed her life and it changed her behavior. Let's read on. I have a love letter for you from your daddy. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Now, let let me word this different here for you because I don't think we understand the applied point. Here, what he is saying is, we as people know that there's an opportunity that when issues come, the devil, the accuser, will come and say, why are all these things happening to you? If God really loved you, Why are these things happening to you? No, if you really had your life together, you moron, and you weren't such an idiot, 
These things wouldn't be happening to you. God has stepped away because you're an idiot and you blew it. And you did. You did. You blew it. And these things are coming. And, and I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, I, it might be separating you from the love of, of your father. I think he's mad at you. Well, let's look at it. Let's look at it. The devil of the accuser. Why are these things happening to you, right? He'll accuse you to God and God to you and you to each other. So look at it. Shall tribulation. Now listen to me. If tribulation and troubles come, does that mean that God does not love you? No. Or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Does that mean that when these things come that God just doesn't love you? See, danger has come. Where's God? Persecution has come. Where is my God? See, he doesn't love you. No, he does. We are promised that there are things that will come to us, but it does not prove that God is mad at you and hates you. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death. Why, God, why? Why did you take them? You don't love me. Why? Wrong. Besides, God doesn't take anybody. He'll receive them if they're born again and they die. God isn't killing anybody. Death is God's enemy, the Bible says. Nor life, nor angels, nor principality, nor powers, nor things that are present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. None of these issues, as bad or good or crazy or whatever, prove anything about God not loving you. All these crazy things are going to happen in your life, I can promise you. But see, this is the lie that has been bought that, well, see, God doesn't love you. Because this and that and the other, why is this happening to me? God, where are you? The only way that you're ever going to survive this and more is because of God's love. God is love and God loves you. Well, Donnie, listen. Maybe he doesn't love me as much as so-and-so. And I mean, well, let's just see what the letter says. Let's see what the letter says. Here's Jesus, red letter, John 17, 23. He's talking here, this is Jesus. I in them, he's talking to his daddy, and you in me. I'm in them, but Father, you're in me, in order that they may become one and perfectly united, that the world may know and definitely recognize that you sent me and that you have loved them even as you love me. You loved them as much as you love me. Do you think that God loves Jesus? Well, he loves you like that. Look at this first John four, verse 16. And we know and understand, recognize and are conscious of by observation and experience and believe and hear to and put faith in and rely on the love God cherishes for us. God is love, and he who dwells and continues in love dwells and continues in God. God dwells and continues in him. That scripture tells me this. You can know something, but not believe. I know God loves me. You can know something, but possibly not believe something. This right here, that set of scriptures right there is telling you this. This says you got to know it. You got to believe it. You got to receive it. Look, we got the letter. I've got a letter right here. I know I know what she said. I know what he said. But see, I've got what God said right here. This says I got to know it. I got to believe it. I got to walk in it. I got to receive it. I got to live it. I got to put faith in it and rely on this one fact I know for sure. 
God loves you. Oh, you can't fully grasp the depths of God's love for you without reading the book, friends. His love letter. And you won't be able to adequately tell others that God loves them either. You gotta read your love letter. Nothing else is gonna ever be able to cause God to change his mind about you. Nothing. Nothing. Nope, nope, not even that. Not even that. What you just thought right there, not even that's gonna make him change his mind. Ever. Oh, get in, get into the love letter every time the accuser comes and he says, that, ah, no, 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 let's just go look and see what my daddy said. That's all the time I have for today. Thank you for joining me on the new Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Until next time, I know I'm loved. And because of that, I'll go out there and attempt the ridiculous. And I'll achieve the miraculous. Thank you.